I've had the chance to do this uh, um, a few times now, but never before have I had a title in my head for the message before I had a message. Uh, And today, I want to talk about living in Condition Orange. And it's not because I supported uh, the Texas Longhorns. Uh, Those guys didn't live in Condition Orange last week. Um, I'll, I'll talk to you about what condition they were in. Uh, but if you've been watching Surviving the Cut, and I hope you have, that's been a uh, pretty interesting show if you've been following along. If you haven't, you can get it on iTunes. Uh, but those guys, the guys who are going to those schools, the guys who live that life in the military service, they know what living in Condition Orange is all about. And so we're going to have some fun talking today about living in Condition Orange. So let me start us in a word of prayer. Father, thanks for this time, and thanks for these men who are willing to sacrifice to get out of a nice warm bed to come uh, dig dig into your word. So, Father, be with us as we uh, open your word, and let us be men who know how to live in Condition Orange, and who uh, at all times keep on the alert, praying that we might escape what is uh, coming our way, and to prepare ourselves to stand before your Son one of these days. So be with us, Father, in Christ's name, amen. Okay, guys, before we start, though, on living in Condition Orange, I want to just kind of take a little deep breath. We're in week four of Summit, and take a look at uh, where we've been and a little bit of where we're going. And so... um, Just a brief overview of the uh, book of Luke. You know, Luke was the only Gentile author of Scripture. And uh, it's not surprising that uh, um, when he describes Christ, he describes him as the Son of Man who has come to uh, reach out to outsiders. He was uh, the Son of Man who was rejected by Israel. And uh, this in turn caused him to preach the kingdom to the Gentiles that they might be saved. And that's really Luke's purpose. And I understand last week that uh, the speaker last week uh, was uh, taking uh, a little bit of fun with uh, Luke 19.10. It's pretty short as a memory verse, but it is a powerful verse because it's really the key verse of the Gospel of Luke. You know, the Son of Man came to uh, seek and to save that which was lost. And Luke, the Gentile author of Scripture, was writing to outsiders. He was uh, uh, emphasizing the fact that Christ came to outsiders. And so it's not surprising that he wrote to a Gentile audience and that uh, Luke stressed Jesus' concern for all people, especially the outsiders. And you'll note as you read through Luke that uh, he emphasizes the poor. He emphasizes women. He emphasizes how Christ reached out to children and also to sinners. And, you know, this leads me to the, ask myself the question, the heart question, you know, where is my heart for the outsiders in my life? You know, too often I find myself way too comfortable in hanging around with you guys, hanging around with a bunch of guys who um, know, the, know the Lord and are seeking to follow hard after Him. And that's a comfortable way to live, but, you know... Um, Jesus calls us to reach out to the outsiders in our life, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces. And you'll see that fits with living in Condition Orange. Okay, so let's also take a quick look at uh, an outline of the book of Luke. Uh, I love to have a good outline, and uh, one that's simple enough so that you can remember it. 
and one that uh, just allows you to know whenever you open to a particular book, you know where you are. And there's no magic in a particular outline. The magic is in you making an outline that's memorable to yourself. So here's one I did. Introduction of the Son of Man, uh, chapters 1 through 3. Uh, the ministry of the Son of Man, you see that in chapters 4 through just about the end of uh, chapter 9. And in 951, Jesus says, hey, guys, we're going to Jerusalem. And he sets his face to go to Jerusalem. And you see what scholars call the travelogue section of the book of Luke from uh, 951 to 1927. And it's uh, Jesus' journey to Jerusalem. And this isn't just a, an idle journey to a particular place, but he uses this as an opportunity to instruct his guys. He uses it as a chance to teach his disciples as he's headed towards fulfilling his mission. And then uh, in uh, the last half of chapter 19 and through the end of 23, we see the rejection of the Son of Man. And is there any better time to live in condition orange than at a time when uh, you're under fire, when you're being rejected, when you're being challenged by the religious leaders of the week? Remember last week in chapter 20, you really had a day-long uh, challenge to Christ. You saw the different religious leaders coming up to challenge Him at every turn. And then finally in chapter 24, you had the resurrection of uh, the Son of Man. And so, if you remember last week, we uh, spent some time talking about Zacchaeus. And then uh, Jesus entered uh, Jerusalem triumphantly. You saw how he was in control of the situation. And he continues to be in control of the situation throughout the last week of his life. And, uh, you know, as I talked about in chapter 20, you had the day of conflict with the religious leaders. And then finally, he closes last week's passages with a uh, warning a warning to his disciples about hypocrisy. And that warning really sets off what we have for us today in chapter 21, where we continue the warning theme, and we see what uh, uh, the Lord's doing in talking to his disciples about living in condition orange. You see him um, laying out in chapter 21 five different warnings um, that... He gives to his disciples about how they are to be on guard and to keep alert for things that are coming their way. Now, what do I mean by condition orange? Anybody heard of uh, Jeff Cooper? Jeff Cooper was the father of modern defensive handgun technique. Uh, he had a, a school out in Arizona called Gunsight, and uh, he was a, a Marine colonel, uh, fought in both World War II and the Korean War. And uh, uh, he is the, the guy who uh, adapted the Marine Corps' um, color scheme that denote uh, different states of readiness. And he adapted that for personal protection sort of ideas. And according to Cooper, it's neither the weapon nor your skill with that weapon or with any weapon that's the primary tool for someone defending himself uh, the primary tool is the combat mindset. Uh, he has a book called uh, Principles of Personal Defense, and in it he presents a color code that uh, really is the, an adaptation of what he had learned in the Marine Corps. And so let's look at these different colors. There are four of them. In condition white, you have a situation where you're unprepared, 
and you're unready to take action. And that's exactly how the Texas Longhorns played on uh, Saturday. Um, if you're attacked in condition white, you know, your reaction's going to be, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening to me, rather than being ready to uh, respond. Okay, so we don't want to live in condition white. In condition yellow, you bring yourself to the understanding that your life may be in danger and that you may have to do something about it. And Cooper says that you always uh, should be in yellow whenever you're in unfamiliar surroundings or with uh, people that you don't know. Um, But, you know, I think really condition orange fits the mindset that uh, Jesus calls the believer to have today. And in condition orange... You know that something's not quite right, and that something has gotten your attention. You've determined that there's a specific adversary, and you're prepared to take action. And doesn't that sound like the Christian life? We do have a specific adversary, and we'll talk about that uh, in just a minute. Cooper goes on to say that staying in condition orange uh, may be a little bit of a mental state, a mental strain, But you can stay there as long as you need to, and then if you need to, you can shift back to condition yellow. But I want to say that, guys, as warriors for Christ, we're called on to live in condition orange all the time. Okay? And then he goes on and he adds condition red, and that's when you know you're in a battle. Okay, and so, you know, he makes the point that his color code really has nothing to do with the level of the threat, the tactical situation, or the alertness level. And, you know, uh, it has everything to do with one state of mind. You know, that's a warning that we would expect. That's a warning that says, hey, you know, there may be trouble coming our way. He's talking about specific trouble at a specific time, but really the, the principle applies to all times because uh, if you are living your life for Christ, And if you are doing things that uh, um, boldly proclaim the gospel of Christ, then you may well have opposition. And he calls on us to endure that persecution well. The next one is uh, uh, in verses uh, 20 through 24. He gives a specific warning about uh, Jerusalem and the fall of Jerusalem. And there you have a picture of uh, a a near fulfillment of a prophetic uh, utterance. You have uh, also, um, that's what actually happened in uh, 70 A.D. when uh, the Roman army under Titus came in and sacked the city of Jerusalem. Um, If you've ever been to Jerusalem, you've seen the stones that were pushed off of Temple Mount and just lie there still in rubble today. And so uh, you also had, though, uh, a... um, distant fulfillment of that prophetic uh, utterance as well, in which at some point in the future, Jerusalem again will be surrounded by armies and under attack. And then finally, and this is the one that really catches my eye, you have the warning to be prepared to stand before the Son of Man. You know, each of us is going to have that opportunity at some point. And we are either going to stand there before Him as uh, believers in Him, as ones who have trusted in Christ at some point and then have uh, lived our lives. And the Lord is going to evaluate at that point for believers their works. What have they done with the time, the treasures, and the talents that uh, He has given us?
And that's going to be the basis for that evaluation. And folks who have not believed in Christ are also going to stand before him at some time. And that, about, that judgment is going to be a little different. And that's going to be on the basis uh, not of uh, anything, uh, but if you haven't believed in Christ, then your works are going to be judged. And in just figurative sort of uh, picture, we're going to stack up on one side the work of Christ on the cross, and on the other side you're going to have uh, your work stacked up against that. And you know, that's just not going to fly. And so, guys, if you're here and you've never personally trusted in Christ... That's something that I would encourage you to share with your groups. And just to say, hey guys, this is something that I'm not yet uh, at that point. This is something that I'm still struggling with to figure out, what do I think about this guy called Jesus? And, you know, guys, this is an opportunity as men to take a serious look at, you know, what are we going to do with our lives? Because one day it is a sure thing it's certain, as just as uh, Jesus said in that passage, that the heavens and the earth may pass away, but his word will never pass away. And so it's certain that one day, if you've not trusted in Christ, you're going to stand before him and have a chance for your works to stack up against his work on the cross. So I encourage you guys to share that with your groups and talk about what it means to trust in Christ and how you can do that. Okay, so, you know, it seems like this week I've been surrounded by uh, this concept of living in Condition Orange. Last night at Reengage, and uh, for any of you married guys who uh, have not done Reengage, I would highly suggest it. You know, I feel like I've got a great marriage. Um, uh, I don't know where I'd put it on the scale, but I'd say it's at least an eight or nine. And, you know, when Sarah said, let's go to re-engage, I went, okay, we've got a great marriage. You know, maybe I'm not perfect, but uh, it's pretty good. And she'd agree. But let me tell you that uh, just being in re-engage has helped us move forward in our marriage in a bunch of areas. So what are we studying in re-engage this week? It's uh, week 10, and it's on awareness. And here's the bottom line. The bottom line is be on guard. You're in a fight for your life and your marriage, whether you recognize it or not. And, I mean, I just went, wow. How well does that fit with the idea of living in Condition Orange? We are in a fight for our life. You single guys, you're just fighting for your life. You married guys, you're fighting not only for your life, but also for your marriage. So as we live in Condition Orange... Let's take a look at uh, uh, some questions about what this passage means for us today. Okay, so what does living in condition uh, orange look like in your daily life? That's something you guys can talk about in your group. And let me just say to you that uh, there are guys that have been here at Watermark who know well what condition living in condition orange is all about. Uh, I just heard uh, this past week, Cody Banders, who's been here in Summit, um, has just completed uh, Hell Week in uh, his BUDS training. And if you're ever going to live in Condition Orange, and maybe even Condition Red on occasion in uh, uh, Hell Week, that's it. 
Um, you know, Blake uh, was talking to me earlier about uh, how football coaches would tell you that when you're playing football, you got to live with your head on a swivel because you never know where uh, the next guy is coming from. And that's the same way that you live at a school like Bud's or at any of the schools that are depicted in Surviving the Cut. Or... Um, you know, many of y'all know Nathan Wagnon, who's a Watermark member, who's now in the Army, recently got back from Afghanistan, and I had a chance to play golf with Nathan uh, after he got back, and uh, it was fun to talk to him about, you know, what was it like to live in Afghanistan? What was it like to be in combat on just about a daily basis? Um, the Army's got a great euphemism for that. Uh, they don't call it combat, they call it kinetic activity. Uh, and uh, his area was always described as highly kinetic. So he was always living in condition orange, if not condition red. And uh, as we were playing golf, he said, you know, it was like walking around saying, am I going to blow up in this step? Am I going to blow up in this step? Am I going to blow up in this step? And guys, you know, we aren't literally going to blow up with our next step, most of us at least. But figuratively... I can go home and in a perfectly good day, I can blow up the tranquility of my household with one wrong word or with one wrong uh, uh, tone in my voice. And so we are always needing to live in condition orange wherever we are. Okay, question two I have for you. Do you know you're met? Any of you old military guys will recognize that's an acronym, an, an acronym for uh, mission, enemy, terrain, and troops. Okay, we know what our mission is as believers in Christ. The Great Commission is our mission. We are to be and make disciples. That's what Summit's all about, training us to be leaders, to know how to lead ourselves well, lead our families, lead in our workplaces, lead in our community, and then to uh, uh, be able to make disciples of other men. Our enemy, we have a specific enemy. Scripture makes that clear. There's an enemy to our marriage. And, you know, we also have, besides uh, the one we always like to point to, the devil, we also have the, the enemy of ourselves, the flesh, the bad decisions that I make in life. I think the devil gets blamed for a lot more things that I'm probably responsible for than he's really responsible for. And then we also had the world, uh, is, uh, Christ describes as an enemy. So we've got plenty of enemies that we need to live with our heads on a swivel. We need to live in condition orange. And then we have terrain. What's the terrain? You think, well, you know, I'm not really on a battlefield. But let me suggest to you that your home is a battlefield. Your workplace is a battlefield. Your neighborhood is a battlefield. Your community is a battlefield. Wherever you go, you're potentially under attack. And wherever you go, that is where your ministry is, and that's where your battlefield is. And then finally, uh, we have troops. And you know, um, when I think of troops, I think of the guys that I want in my foxhole. I think of the guys in my community group. I think of the guys that are sitting right here in this room. You are the kind of guys that I want in my foxhole. But we also have, besides having friends like that, we also have the opportunity to uh, have uh, spiritual support as well. 
We're indwelled by the Holy Spirit. We've got an advantage. He that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. And so, besides uh, uh, worshiping uh, the risen Christ, we also have the Holy Spirit who is part of the troops that are helping us. Okay, finally, guys, the third question is, are you ready to stand before the Son of Man? Are you focused on the right mission? Are you fighting uh, the right enemy on the right battlefield? You know, one of the points they made last night in Reengage is that your spouse is not your enemy. And that's a, uh, a great, uh, great point that sometimes uh, we can get caught up in thinking that uh, our spouse or um, our, uh, the people that we work with or our kids or whoever is our enemy, but they are not the enemy. We have a specific enemy. And are we fighting on the right battlefield? Wherever you are, that's where your ministry is, and that's where your battlefield is. And are you fighting besides the right friends? And I also have three verses uh, that I want us to take a quick look at. Second um, Timothy 2.4 uh, is one that Watermark uses as it uh, uh, plays for every connecting point, the uh, theme of do you want to be on a cruise ship or do you want to be on a battleship? This church is meant to be a battleship. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. And then it struck me that in Luke 21.34 and in Luke 21.36, our memory verse, that we have uh, um, the same sort of ideas captured in a dramatic sort of way. We're talking about soldiers, and so we want to be on guard. We want to keep on the alert. Let's go to the next slide. We don't want to entangle ourselves. We don't want to get weighted down. And we don't want the affairs of life or the worries of life to burden us. But we want to look beyond those so that we can please the one who enlisted us as a soldier. We can please the one that we work for. And the same thing is true, uh, you see down in uh, Luke 21:36 that when we stand before the Son of Man, that's our goal, to please Him. To be found faithful as the parable of the minas that we read about last week uh, teaches us. And so let me close with uh, three questions for you to consider and talk about in your groups. Are you ready to start living in Condition Orange just on a daily basis? And even more importantly, are you ready today to stand before the Son of Man? And then finally, something for your groups to uh, mull on. What can we do to get ready so that we can be men who live in Condition Orange? Men who are prepared to be warriors for Christ. That's a great question. That's what uh, Summit's about. To train us to be leaders ready to lead others to be prepared to stand before the Son of Man. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, thanks for this opportunity to uh, come before you. Father, we know that one day we will stand before you, and we pray that uh, we will use our time wisely. That's one of the things that you've given us, Father. Will we use our time wisely uh, to um, follow what we want to do, or will we use it wisely to follow uh, the path that you've set out for us? Father, may this be a group of men who seeks to follow hard after your Son in a way that's transforming both to us, our families, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, and our community. 
Father, uh, I just pray that as we go forward that we would uh, keep on the alert at all times, praying uh, not only that we would uh, uh, be able to escape what's coming before us, but also, Father, that we would be prepared to stand before your Son. In his name, amen.